0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: You're listening to Is It Worth It? Cinema
2: at Home. Presented by
1: Ranjit Namra. Hello and welcome to Is It Worth It? Cinema at Home, episode 5. I'm your host Ranjit Nanra and I'm of course joined by Herbie Hilson and regular presenters Craig Fields and David Long. How is everyone doing during this strange time?
2: Hi Ranjit, not too bad thank you, just trying to keep busy really, watching some films, stuff like that, doing work at home.
0: Yeah. Hi, range Good to be here. Yeah, I've had my uh, hours at work upped uh, and some new responsibilities given to me. So I'm I'm very, very busy and obviously looking forward to talking film with you guys as always.
3: Yep. Same here. It's been very busy at home um doing well, working from home Um lots of new responsibilities for myself there as well and obviously we've been working on uh, stuff for the podcast some really great stuff coming up um that David will talk about later in the in the outro but Ranjit how about yourself how are you doing?
1: Yeah not too bad trying to keep busy playing a lot of PlayStation watching a lot of films and TV so yeah just doing what I can to pass the time. Cool so As always, we'll be looking at various films that are available on a variety of streaming platforms. We've got a packed show ahead, so let's get started. Firstly, I'd like to talk about Extraction. Extraction is an original Netflix film which stars Chris Hemsworth as a black ops mercenary who must rescue an Indian drug lord's kidnapped son in Dhaka, Bangladesh. So Extraction is directed by Sam Hargrave. Um, Has everybody seen it? Yes. Yes. Cool. And um, yeah, so I think it's worth mentioning that it's directed by Sam Hargrave because he's a lead stunt coordinator and he's worked on a lot of films like um, the John Wick films and uh, Avengers films. And um, I think that's how he got to know, well, I'm guessing that's how he got to know the Russos who produced this film um and it's clearly it's very evident in this film that he's a stunt coordinator because the stunts are actually incredible um in my opinion i think um it, they are you know they're really well done really uh, well realized and put to film um and really quite brutal at some points um and there's some really cool um camera work and stunt work um there's a sequence in the middle of the film where it's like almost like a I think it must be like like 20 minutes of one long take, which is obviously, it has been cut up, but it's made to look like one long take. Um, Mm. And uh, yeah, so, but other than that, um, personally, I was enjoying this film till it got to about the halfway point. I think the second half, it sort of falls apart. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um, I was watching it with my brother, actually, and he felt the same way. And um, yeah, and it's just... It has a lot of issues. I think there's not really any characters that I care about in the film. Um, and, you know, we're following Chris Hemsworth, who's this uh, mercenary who has to re- rescue the uh, the drug lord's son. Um, and at some point in the film, I was just sort of thinking, like, I don't really care about the son. I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know why. It just, like, it just, it, it didn't really, didn't, like, I don't know. I just couldn't get engaged um, and sort of, I could just couldn't care about the characters. I think maybe because it was a drug lord's son. If they had like if the story was slightly different, if it was something like I don't know, like a I don't know, you know, the police chief's son or something and you know, he's trying to put the the rival drug lord in prison, so that's why he's been kidnapped or something, I don't know. Um just something like that. It's just it was just odd. Um yeah, like I said, I couldn't really you know, I don't really have any sort of empathy towards any of the characters. Um And I just want to quickly mention the violence. This film is so violent, so brutal. And it just felt a bit gratuitous at points. Um, um, It felt like playing, um, you know, I play a lot of Call of Duty. It felt like Call of Duty on steroids. Like that's already quite a, you know, quite a violent game. But this was just, you know, I don't know. It was just a bit unnecessary. Um, And yeah. um, What's up with you, Craig? What did you think of it?
3: I enjoyed the first half as did you um it it was strange like the stunts were fantastic the action was great but the plot was just very very weak um it just didn't do it for me whatsoever and as he said there's just no pathos for most of the like lead characters there there's no yeah you know mm. building that connection with them um chris hemsworth was you know he, he's a great actor but the emotional side from him there's one scene in particular where i really felt a connection be- between him and the drug lord's son, but because it is a drug lord, yeah, and 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 you know, I, I kind of don't feel that much of a connection with that with that son in 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 a strange way. You yeah, know, yes, I get
1: where you're coming from.
3: I I I feel the emotional hurt of what he's going through, and that this it, it's a pretty poor situation, definitely. Um, but <laughs> there's no way that any of this would really suspend my belief and it didn't like it you know one one scene in particular though that really like shocked me in, in a way it was a scene where there's young children that have been recruited by a, a rival drug lord and they've they been set on the task to, to hunt down chris hemsworth's character tyler rake and they, they confront him and there's this fight scene and he ends up slapping these twelve thirteen fourteen 13, 14-year-old children <laughs> yeah. round the face. And it just felt really strange and oddly placed yeah. in the film. It was just a bit bizarre. Yeah, I think that's all I've got to say on it, to be honest. yeah.
1: Herbie, what
2: did you think? I mean, for me, that scene was one of the few moments of actual interest for me because it was just so (laughs) out of place it came out of nowhere yeah it's barely referenced again it's just chris hemsworth slapping a few kids for a few minutes and then the film just carries it on and i think the main issue for me with the like like we were saying there's no real connection with ovi the drug lord's son because he's not a character he's he's an object to be transported to the next part of a film i mean it could have been a item of sentimental value like a i don't know an expensive pokemon card (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, and,
2: and the film would not have changed at all because you still get that scene where Chris comes like I have to do it because it's for me and it's just a flashback of him playing Pokemon cards when he was a child <laughs> it, it, it did just feel like the sun was just an item an object of sentimental value that yeah. was was just used as a plot device and
1: Yeah. yeah. Herbie, are you saying you turn into a a heartless killer just to get a shiny Charizard?
2: Have you seen Have you seen how much those things are worth? I would. I know. <laughs> um, I didn't dislike the film, but it's it's really not my sort of film. I'm not a big action film type person, and it 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 was quite impressive in a lot of ways. Like you said, the stunts were quite something to watch, and that was that was bits where I actually sat down and really paid attention to what was going on because it, they yeah. were so well crafted. It was seeing an art like. An art form in its own right unfold on screen because stunts are do seem to be looked down by sort of many award ceremonies and stuff like that. And I mm. think stuff like that makes you realise that it is the amount of effort, and the amount of work that goes into stunts really needs to be recognised by a lot more people because it was incredible what they were doing. Even as someone who doesn't watch many action films and doesn't really like action films as a as a genre, yeah. I was sitting there on the edge of my seat just in awe at some of the stuff that was going on.
3: Yeah, just quickly before, David, you, you come in, because I know you're probably mm. chomping at the bit to come in here, but I think you could have compared the stunts here with John Wick, but John Wick has the story and this yeah. doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Go on, David, you
0: come in there. Well, I, I, firstly, I'd just like to say I, I agree with people on two points. The first point being that the the slapping of the children was most bizarre and it added a strange comedy that the film didn't need or actually want it was a a, a scene that I really wish they'd cut out because it was just very very bizarre and secondly I would say that the the stunts in this film the action in this film was was really quite incredible and 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 something definitely to behold I mean the film gets pretty good scores on Rotten Tomatoes it gets 68% from the critics and 70% from the audience. And what I would say is that I'd heard a lot about this film. I'd heard a lot about the number of deaths. I'd heard a lot about the gratuitous violence. And I really expected not to like it. But actually, it was a bit of a guilty pleasure for me. I I quite enjoyed it. I think overall, it was quite well-paced and engaging. And I thought Chris Hemsworth was really well cast. One of my criticisms of the film would be, that i think it is perhaps a little bit of a little bit guilty of trying to be deeper than it actually is um it reminded me a lot of man on fire with denzel washington um which is by the way i would say a far superior film mm. but it had it had this feeling of trying to be something really deep and emotional and th- this relationship between chris hemsworth and this drug lord's um son and it, it was, you know, it had this very nice score over the over the background, both at the start and particularly at the end. And I think the soundtrack was really great, but the film felt a little bit self indulgent for me. It it, it, was, it was a great action film, but it tried to be something a little bit more than that, and that element of it didn't work. Um, I did, I think Herbie makes a great point. It could have been, a, you know, a suitcase full of. Expensive Pokemon cards. It did. It did feel a little bit like that. Yeah. Um. And I think that's because I'd like to have seen more character development from the young boy. If we'd have got to know the young boy a little bit more, and also got to know him as a human being, because even the people that were performing the extraction referred to him as the drug lord's son on a number of occasions. Um. And for the life of me, I can't actually remember the poor lad's name. Um.
3: I think it was Ovi, wasn't it? Yeah, Ovi. I think that's it correct. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but overall, I found it quite entertaining, quite engaging. Um, but I do think the film lacks the depth that it believes it has. I think this film thought it was really impactful and deep and heavy, whereas actually it was an action movie that had Chris Hemsworth also slapping children and it tried to be something a little bit more. Mm. But but do you know what? It was a couple of hours of light entertainment and it was a bit of a guilty pleasure, I think going out of everyone, I think I probably enjoyed it the most,
3: yeah, I think you're
0: probably right there. yeah, it sounds
1: like you did. um I don't know to me, it felt like they had the idea for that long take, and then yeah. they, they built a film around that, like they sort of wanted to show off what they could do with that long take in the middle of the film, and then you know. I don't know. Like this, this, this. They just sort of built a story around that, and it doesn't quite work.
3: You know what? I um, actually think you're very much so right there. I mean, it, the film started at that point. Yeah, and then it goes back to the beginning and why they're in that in that situation. So it's almost like, yeah, let's let's build this film around this one crucial long take scene. Yeah, mm. and then. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was weird, wasn't it? It was almost like the end of Endgame, the, the big battle. Yeah, yeah. But not on steroids.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's interesting. Uh, this film has actually done really well for Netflix, um, and there's going to be a sequel. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Russo brothers have been brought back, and I think Joe Russo is writing the uh, sequel, and he wrote, uh, I believe he wrote this film as well. Um, so, yeah, that would be on Netflix again soon. Has anybody else got any thoughts about extraction?
3: Well, my final thought is that this it's worth watching, um, but
0: I I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that.
0: Yeah, yeah, no. For, for me, you know, if if it was on the main show and if I was asked, "Is it worth it?" I would say yes. Um, I think it's a film that tries to take itself a little bit too seriously at times. But overall, as a popcorn film, as a piece of entertainment at home, uh, I actually quite enjoyed it. And it's it's a film. I think it's interesting, Ranjit, that you said there's going to be a sequel. I've heard a lot about this film from a lot of people that don't normally talk about films. So whatever they've done in their marketing or the way they've advertised this, it has worked because a lot of people are watching this. So, yeah, I welcome a second one, um, maybe with... Um, you know less slapping of children
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean that's a good point i think obviously chris hemsworth is a big draw um he's fresh off um fresh off endgame so Mm. you know and there's not much for people to do right now you can't go out and watch something else so maybe that's attributed to why it's done so well on netflix
3: i i actually Um, agree with that herb uh sorry ranji i completely agree with that i think uh, everybody's Everybody's got less to do at the minute, so they're turning to these streaming services to watch more. And this one seemed to be promoted more, I think, on Netflix. Right when it yeah, came out, it was definitely. at the top. You can see it, it's this new thing. The trailer plays instantly, it's action packed in the trailer. That's what's going to get you into it if you're yeah. an action kind of fan. And I think a lot of people are into their action movies um and into their superhero movies and chris hemsworth is that action hero and they like watching him so why not
1: yeah definitely Herbie, do you want to bring us the next film
2: yeah so another film brand new to netflix is called the half of it which is a coming of age story about an introverted girl in high school who tries to help a boy in her year romance a girl who she is also secretly interested in um before i give my own thoughts i'd like to start out by saying that i'm 100% 100% not the target audience for this film. I don't think anyone out of us four is. So do take my opinions with a pinch of salt. Um, and to start off with the positives, I thought it was a really interesting idea behind the film. I think the execution was lacking, but I think the marketing let it down a little bit because a lot of people, including myself, thought it was going to be a standard rom com that was sort of trying to be a little bit different, like 500 Days of Summer which was a bit more successful because it was one of the early ones that tried to be like, oh, look, I'm a bit different. I'm going to do something new. And really it is. uh, It's a a queer coming of age story for a young Asian girl trying to sort of identify her place, not only in her world, but also in other people's world and contextualise that for herself. Yep. And I thought her character was quite interesting, but like so many in the film, just lacked that extra bit of development to really help us identify with her. Which once again is probably because I have not been through anything she's been through. She's a young girl. She writes essays for her classmates to earn a bit of money. She basically does her dad's job. She also has to deal with the fact that she does get receive racist abuse from classmates, from her peers, as well as coming to terms with her own sexuality. And this film was, by all accounts, a very personal film for director um, Alice Wu, who's directed another film, I can't remember the name of it, which was quite similar to that. But I think in some ways it's a little bit too personal because the story that she tells is one that she obviously has thought of and knows like the back of her hand. And so her writing that, where she knows why all of her characters behave the way they do and why they do what they do and why the events unfold in the way that they do, it hasn't quite translated onto screen as well because we, I, I found myself in several points of a film just not being able to put a couple of events or a couple of like interactions together because it was very clear that the director knew exactly what she wanted to say but didn't quite know how to say it, which leaves a few empty moments in the film. But there were some really lovely moments in there about friendship because it's not a romance. There's romance elements in it, but it is a film about friendship. It's about interpersonal relationships and how they develop, how they change, and how what you do affects one another. And that's seen very clearly in who I think is the heart of a film, um, the male friend character, Paul, who is the one who wants to seduce... That's not the right word because it, it's more heartfelt than that it is it's it's, it's sweet isn't it because it's not sexual it's not a sexualized love at all which you see a lot in these sort of films especially sort of young yeah it's a young crush isn't it yeah it is a young crush and it's very earnest and it's very sweet and i think a lot of the cliches and a lot of like the stuff like that and the cheesy moments feel a lot less so because of how sincere it's played by the characters in the film it's quite self-aware of the tropes it's repeating, which I don't think helps it too much, but it does just give it a little bit more of its own identity beyond the cliches it's showing. Um, but I think the main flaw for me in the film, and there's so much to talk about with the way these characters interact, and I mean, I, went, I finished the film and didn't particularly enjoy it. I thought a lot of it was missing despite the moments I really enjoyed. And then I went on to Tumblr whose audience, primarily being young women, is the exact target audience of the film. And they were talking about it so positively and with so much positive energy. It was really nice to see because it's, it's, I hate coming out of a film and thinking, oh, that was a bit naff. So it was nice to see people who really got something out of it because I didn't. But once again, I don't think I was meant to get anything out of it. So it was quite interesting to watch that different side of life and I think for me, the biggest issue with the film was the fact it felt like four different versions of the fame, same films stitched together. Sort of, it was like, she was told, all right, to get it made by this studio, you have to make it a bit more rom com Or to get it picked up by that studio, it has to be all coming of age. Or that studio, it has to touch a lot more on the ideas of race and sexuality. And in the end, it just feels like it was all chopped together a little bit too hastily, like the editor was thrown into a room and told, look, here's all the scenes we've shot for the film. They're all out of order. You've got an hour to put them into the right
3: order and make a film. Yep, without the shot list, without the storyboard, without anything, just take a look at it and try and piece it together like a jigsaw puzzle. But yeah, there's so, no right order for it.
2: <laughs> no, it was just a lot it was a lot of really nice ideas and you can see where the ideas come from. Yep. But they just didn't mesh together for me.
3: Mm. I completely um, agree with you. Um can I come in? <laughs> yes, of course.
2: Sorry, I was about to
3: introduce you. <laughs> okay, so Herbie, you've said a lot there and I think you've hit the nail on the head with pretty much most of it. I I struggled with this movie, and I think you're right, it's probably more with building that connection with uh, a subject matter that is not really known to me because I've never experienced it. Um, However, I have experienced part of it and that's obviously falling in love with someone and wanting to woo that person um, and trying to do everything I possibly can. But this goes to some extremes um, and it wants to be very profound and it wants to be very... Um, clever and intelligent at the same time, because obviously you have that character that's very intelligent, and she does, as you say, all of the work, you know, her classmates' essays, um, and she's writing this letter for the young man who's interested in a young girl, and she ends up then somehow developing feelings, perhaps all feelings that she doesn't even realise that she's developing, and it's very confused she's very confused, he's very confused, I'm confused watching it because everybody's confused as to how they're feeling with each other and, and then you have these uh, scenes where you're like, what's going on here now? How's this happened? Why have they got to this point? I, I just didn't understand and then, as you say, it, was, it just felt like it was all mashed together. Um, nice sentiments put together in a very unorganised way almost. Um, that's how I felt with it. Um, I, Ranji, I guess you could come in next.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, I'm. I'd like to say I'm. I'm glad you recommended this to, uh, to us, Herbie, to watch because otherwise, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have heard about it. It's a very like small film. It's just flying under the radar, I think. Um, but I think maybe I enjoyed it more than you guys did. Um, but I agree with a lot of your points because there are a lot of scenes that are just very, yeah, just very messy. Like it's just, I feel like a lot of scenes were almost there but just slightly missed the mark um like there's like the whole sort of the, the the scenes with the teacher like sort of the sort of like you think it's going to go one way you think she's going to be like sort of a mentor figure for her and they have like a little conversation and you think there's going to be some sort of profound like things said back and forth but then she just leaves the classroom and like nothing really happens <laughs> absolutely yeah. yeah like there's a lot of there's quite a few scenes like that um but yeah i think um yeah, I think I enjoyed it maybe a bit more than you guys. I did, I, the script is a bit clunky, in my opinion. Um, and, but I think there's great performances from the main actress. And you're right, Herbie, the the, the guy, I, I wish I'd got down their names, but um, the guy who plays Paul, um, he really is the the heart of the film. He's, you know, he's quite a naive um, character and um, sort of innocent in this, in this world. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's. I enjoyed it a bit more than you. I think I was I was a bit more engaged than you guys were with it. Um, um, I sort of wanted to see what would happen, even though you know it's, it's a little predictable, um, and it does sort of fall into the rom com uh, cliches at points. Um, and you're right, Herbie. Sometimes it can be a bit sort of self aware with the points it's making, but it it just sort of it doesn't do anything with those points. It just sort of falls into those traps like you think it's going to sort of maybe subvert what you think would happen but it doesn't if that makes sense (laughs) um yeah so but yeah overall i did actually enjoy it quite a bit um and i was glad that you know herbie brought it to us um otherwise it is a is i feel like it is a film that is just gonna sort of fly under the radar really yeah david
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing to say about this film is we talk about it flying under the radar, but the reception it's got has actually been incredibly positive. Uh, On Rotten Tomatoes, it gets a 96% from the critics and an 86% from the audience. Um, And the first thing I would say is that I really like the tone of this movie right from the outset. Um, I, I, I just was sucked into it from the very beginning. Um and I think there was a really great performance from Leia Lewis as Ellie Chu and also Daniel Dimer as Paul Munsky. I think both of those give brilliant performances. But the standout performance for me was Leia Lewis as yeah. Ellie Chu. I, I think she's she's not looking at her history on Rotten Tomatoes. she's not actually been in that much stuff. And I think she'll be headhunted from this film. People who see this film, she gives a really, really great performance. But I think what everyone said is absolutely spot on. Some of the character development is a little bit wonky. um, And I think Herbie hits the nail on the head when he talks about there being so many different themes, coming of age, sexuality, race, um, mental health issues in there as well. She's quite an isolated and anxious young woman. And it it touches upon all of these things, but it, it tries to... It it tries to do justice to all of them, but then at the same time doesn't really give justice to any of them. Um, and the most disappointing thing for me was the, the film really, really fizzled out. Like I was, I was quite disappointed with the way that it, it. I was, it was being built up to be this really big firework display, and then it just ended up being a Catherine wheel. Do you know what I mean? It was just slightly yeah. underwhelming. Um, but what I would say is that. It was a very layered film, Um, and perhaps it's one of those films where one watch doesn't quite do it justice. It is a film that I am actually going to choose to watch again, um, despite obviously having already reviewed it. Because I think there is a bit more to this film than perhaps one watch can do justice to. And I think that's probably... The reason why, I don't know if it's because it's been produced by Netflix, but it had the feel of something that needed to be a series. It needed to be a bit longer. It needed to have a bit more character development because it touches upon all these issues but doesn't do them justice. But overall, it's got a great reception. And for me, Leia Lewis was the standout performance. And I quite enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, I certainly agree with what you said about it would be good as a series because I liked the character archetypes that were created. And like you said, I thought Leia Lewis was really good. She both looks like she's got the world on her shoulders, both because Mm. she has put them there herself and because they're pushed upon her. Like she's got a lot going on in life and a lot, which isn't as well. And she conveys a lot of emotion really well, considering she's not a particularly emotional character.
3: Mm.
1: I really did like the scenes with like her and her dad and, you know, you could. I think the dad even he's doesn't have a lot of dialogue, but he really does convey sort of, mm. you know, someone who's suffered a lot of loss in life and sort of is stuck and, you know, has doesn't really have a purpose anymore. He, I think that that actor
3: does it really well. See, I think there's a lot of really great acting going on here, and there's just so much going on, and so much of a layered performance from from a majority of the lead cast members. But the story just seems to be just amalgamated together in this just one hour, 45 minute film. As David said, it needed to be a series, I think, to really get the most out of the development of all of these really layered themes and nuanced characters.
0: Yeah, I totally agree.
1: And I think for the target audience, they're going for a series would have hit really well. I think it would have done really well.
3: Yeah, so do I.
2: Hmm. Does anyone else have anything else to say about the film?
3: No, I'm all good. No,
2: go ahead. Uh, One final thing I'd like to say, as much about the film as the platform it's on, is that I think it is really important for films like this to be on services like Netflix because it can reach such a wide audience. And I think while the story didn't particularly connect with any of us, the people that it will connect to is something that's important because the story itself and the director, the woman who's telling the story, are both groups of people who do not have their stories told as much as they should do in this current um, like Hollywood environment. It's The director is a um, queer Asian woman, and we all know what opportunities are like for anyone who basically isn't a straight white male director, and the same for characters as well. And I think it's really nice that stories like this are being made for people to connect with them because I think the most frustrating thing for me in the film that it just didn't quite click for me but for people who did, I think that's a really lovely thing and it's I think it's a nice, positive film that's being put out into the world and the fact it's on Netflix allows so many more people to watch it than normally would.
0: Yeah, totally agree.
3: Yeah,
2: 100%. Well said. Uh, So moving on, we will be looking at a film that each of us would like to recommend that's currently on streaming services. I'd like to start off by talking about 10 Cloverfield Lane, which is currently streaming on Netflix. Um, I didn't think of it at the time when I suggested this film to talk about but it is actually the perfect film to watch in isolation given what happens in the film because um, it's basically about a young woman who is driving away from her an argument with her boyfriend she gets in a car crash and she wakes up in this room and she doesn't know what's going on she hasn't got a clue what's happening and then john goodman's character walks in and tells her what's going on and for the rest of the film because they never leave that bunker throughout the course of the film, we're left to wonder, is it real? Is it what's happening? And it's that constant concern as to what's going on outside, what's going on inside, like the amalgamation, the, the, the contrast of the inside and the outside world is really played to its fullest effect in this film.
3: I, I love this film, Herbie.
2: I, I love it too.
3: It's great. I mean, the original, obviously, main film here, Cloverfield, that it comes from, it is a, such a side segue from that. Um, and when this came out, I was expecting something and I got something completely different. And I think I love that so much about it.
1: Yeah, I remember, I think I watched it on Netflix as well a while ago. I didn't see this in the cinema. Um But yeah, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I think I enjoyed the first Cleverfield film. Um, I think it is, you know, it is is really suspenseful and it sort of keeps you on edge throughout the film and it makes you feel really paranoid. Um, But um, I always thought when I was watching it that I wish that they didn't tell us it was linked to Cleverfield. Um, You know, sort of like how uh, Split uh, ends. I think maybe, you know, we go through the whole film and then we find out near the end, you know, that it links to Cloverfield and what you know, that sort of stuff. I think that maybe that would have had a bigger impact on on audiences. I don't know if you guys agree or not. But, um, yeah, I do um, – uh, what's the main actress's name? Is it Mary Elizabeth Winstead?
3: Yes, I believe it is, yeah. Yeah,
1: she's brilliant in this film. She's such a good actress. Uh, John Goodman is really good in here as well. Yeah. Um, he's so creepy. <laughs> UBA yeah, plays the role really well. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: David, have you seen this? Unfortunately, I haven't. It has been added to my watch list. Um, it's currently available on Netflix, so it is one that I do really want to watch. I
3: suggest watching this first and then watching Cloverfield if you haven't seen that before.
0: Yeah.
3: Definitely. Yeah, I,
2: love, I love this film and I've actually never seen Cloverfield and I'm not sure I want to because I know it's such a different film from this. Yeah, completely and i love this film i just think it's fantastic i think it's so well crafted and so interesting and the performances of the three main characters is is just quite something to watch them bounce off each other cuz a lot of a film is just talking and it's i love films like that anyway and it's just so interesting watching watching them talk watching them sort of wonder what is going on
3: yep yep uh Should I come in next with my film? Or would someone else like to go?
0: No, you go Go ahead, Craig.
3: Cool. Well, my one is Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which is uh, currently available on Now TV. Um, When this came out in the cinema, and before David had seen it, and I'd seen it before him, I was raving about this movie. And there is good reason, because it is such a fantastically well-made movie. And it isn't a movie that's just for children, as one might expect, because this is obviously Dora the Explorer, the beloved television series cartoon that is turned into this live action movie. And it's it's funny, it's witty, it's for kids, but also very much so for adults in the sense that there is some very adult humor in there. Um, One scene in particular when we reviewed it that I just couldn't get over was a specific scene that meant that these guys ended up inhaling (laughs) hallucinogenics and and end up going on quite a trip um, into a cartoon version of Dora. And yeah, it was just so well done. Um, I mean, I'll keep it brief if you guys haven't seen it. Definitely see it. I know David's seen it, but if you, Herbie yeah. and Ranji, if you haven't seen it, give oh, it I a watch. Average. It's brilliant. It, uh, it is really, really good.
2: I mean, you have to sold it to me there. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just want to second what Craig has said. I remember when we reviewed this on the main show, and Craig saw it before me, and he was saying how good it was, and David, you're going to love Dora and the Lost City of Gold. And I was like, uh, maybe you've had some hallucinogenics as well, Craig. <laughs> um, but. Boy oh boy it's great it's perfect for children it's got lots in there for adults and it really is just a really really good film um I'm really pleased Craig brought this forward because I th- I just think it's great
3: yeah and uh Isabella Mona, I believe it was uh playing Dora um yeah. she's ju- she's just fantastic um she's an instant family isn't she she is and that was one of her yeah. first big movies i think yeah and she's she was, really good she was sensational in that she was yeah. really good um and she's done she's done a lot of other movies as well there was there's a netflix original that came out that was a christmas movie um and she plays a much more grown-up character in that but i still see her as that younger instant family character and dora the explorer at this moment in time but i think she is continually developing i mean she was also in um another movie that david you really really loved um, trying to remember the name of the movie because it's gone from my head. Give me a second to find it. It was uh Sicario 2. Um, oh, yes.
0: Yeah, you oh, I need to see that. Yeah, so David, you loved that and she was great in that as well. She was brilliant and Sicario 2 was one of my favorite films from that year. Really yeah. enjoyed it. She
3: had a, a a relatively large role in the Transformers film uh, last uh, what was it called? The last, last night. The last night. Yeah, so she was yeah. playing off uh Mr. Marky Mark on there, um, having a, a bit of a laugh playing with, t- you know, Transformers. I mean, it was good, but she she was quite a supporting role in that. But as she moves up the film list, Instant Family, a bit more of a lead character, and now Dora the Explorer, big lead role, um, and just, we're yeah, perfect for her.
1: Yeah. No, you definitely sold it. I, I might check
0: that out as well. So, if you guys are ready, I think I'll recommend my film. Go for it. Yeah, go. So, it's very different to Dora the Explorer, I must say. It's currently available on Amazon Prime, and it is The Wolf of Wall Street. Um, The film gets a very good 79% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and 82% score from the audience. Uh, It was nominated for five Oscars, including Best Picture, also acting nominations for Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill. Um, So what's the film about, if you haven't seen it? Well, Martin Scorsese directs the story of New York stockbroker Jordan Belfort. From the American dream to corporate greed, Belfort goes from penny stocks and righteousness to IPOs and the life of corruption in the late 1980s. He becomes so notorious, he becomes known as the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, The first thing I want to say about this film is the acting is superb, the direction is brilliant. It's got a fantastic screenplay. It's really, really well paced. Unbelievably funny at times, whilst also actually being hard hitting. Um, Scorsese is a master of pace. He really ramps the pace up at some points with comedy and then he pulls you back down to earth with some more hard hitting, serious stuff. It's a really superb film from the master that is Martin Scorsese. Um, I actually think this should have done better at the Academy Awards than it did. Uh, I think it's one of Leonardo DiCaprio's best performances. Um, I think he shows so many ranges of emotions and so much of his talent in this film. But overall, if you haven't seen The Wolf of Wall Street, it is available at the moment on Amazon Prime. And it is well, well, well worth watching. Um, Which of you guys have seen it and what did you think?
3: Um, I've seen this and I absolutely adored this movie um Scorsese's uh a fantastic director as we all know uh and DiCaprio is of course a wonderful actor um but it is the story coupled with the direction and and the acting that just makes a, a real true masterpiece here um it's fantastic
1: yeah I agree um I love this film it is it's quite a long film but it's, it's so worth it to stick with it um it's just you know it's a story about um excess and greed and you know, these horrible people and it, it doesn't glorify them. It, it, it really does sort of, it makes you hate them. And it's just, it's it's, it's insane that it's a true story. It's absolutely crazy. Um And DiCaprio is, is amazing. And this was uh, Margot Robbie's um, standout, um, mm. which, you know, this role really put her on the map. And Jonah Hill was brilliant in this film. He's so yeah. funny. <laughs> um And yeah, it's just it's such a memorable film. Um So many great scenes. And yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, you know, for some Martin Scorsese, who, you know, he's, I think he's in his, maybe in his seventies, I believe, you know, to still be like directing with this much energy and this much uh, passion is, it's incredible. It's such a well-made film.
2: I actually struggle a bit with this film because I really enjoy a good two thirds of it. Not like a consistent, not like the middle or the end or the beginning, but for about two hours of his run time, I'm sitting there really enjoying it, really getting into it. But the other hour or so, I can't stand it. And I do struggle. I, I do find films like this challenging with the sort of very morally, it's not even morally great, but like morally reprehensible characters. Like I struggled to get into Breaking Bad and things <clears> like that. And I do find this film quite challenging to watch, even though every time I watch it, the bits I enjoy, I just think... Uh, genuinely masterful pieces of filmmaking like the script is so tightly constructed like it doesn't feel like a word is wasted in any of the film and even looking back sometimes I think oh that's a bit slow at times and I watch it again and it it, it just canters along at such an incredible pace the film yeah. that sometimes I forget that I don't enjoy parts of it because I'm so <laughs> caught up in what I'm watching. And then I look back and I think, Oh, actually did I enjoy it? Or was I just caught along in the ride, which mm. to its credit is what the film is meant to feel like.
1: Yeah. I was going to say like a sort of, I think you're not meant to enjoy all of it. Cause you know, like I said, these people are horrible people. Like I think, I think mm. you're, I think the effect it's had on you Herbie is the, is the, maybe is the desired effect. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd agree. Cool. So uh, my selection uh, for films was Prisoners, which is currently available on Netflix. Um, and, you know, David, speaking of films that should have done better at the Academy Awards, I, I really do think that Prisoners should have done much better. Um, Prisoners follows uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, and I'll give you a quick uh, synopsis. So when the police take time to find Keller Dover's daughter and her friend... He decides to go on a search himself. His desperation leads him closer to finding the truth and also jeopardizes his own life. So Hugh Jackman's daughter gets kidnapped and he's uh, fed up with the way the police are handling it. So he decides to take matters into his own hands. And it really does sort of um, uh, ask the question of how far is too far, you know, when when it's your own family involved, like, you know, is Hugh Jackman doing the right thing here? Are the police doing the right thing here? You've you've got an incredible cast. You've got Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Vaughan Davis, Terence Howard, and of course, the great Paul Dano. And this film, is one of the films that just keeps you on edge throughout the whole film, literally from till the last frame. Um, It's directed by Denis Villeneuve and the cinematography is by Roger Deakins. And this film looks absolutely incredible. It's so well shot, so well acted. So well written. Um, and yeah, Hugh, Hugh Jackman honestly should have been nominated for Best Actor, I think. Um, and maybe even Jake Gyllenhaal, but um, absolutely brilliant performances from both. And of course, Paul Dano as well. He's, he's, he's really quite, I don't know if terrifying is the white word, um, quite unsettling and quite disturbing to watch him in this film. Um, yeah, this film is absolutely brilliant. Has anyone else seen it?
3: No, I haven't. No, really? I
0: haven't. Oh, I haven't either. I'm afraid, Range. No. Oh wow!
2: I have, it... and I absolutely adore it. Thank you, Herbie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, what did you think, Herbie?
2: It's. I. I just think it's such an incredible film. Like the way the plot comes together, the acting is out of this world. I love Hugh Jackman. Anyway, I think he might be one of my favorite actors. And what he does in this film is incredible, and like you said, Paul Dano, who is is nothing short of remarkable in everything I've seen him in. He it's yeah. scary how good he is and how lost he gets in his roles because he's such a distinctive looking person. Not in a mean way; he's just got like though he's he's sorry, <laughs> he's got like <laughs> he has. He's got very distinct unique facial features and yeah, I feel I, like
3: I agree Herbie <laughs> and, I,
2: and, I feel, and I feel like actors like that can get typecast like look at Dane DeHaan who is constantly been typecast as like kind of odd guy who doesn't have any friends and Paul Dano can just do everything and anything like I feel like you could just give him like a coca-cola commercial and you'd be left weeping by the end <laughs> by what he could do with that kind of script
1: <laughs> No, definitely. Like and I think it's the direction from Denis Villeneuve as well that makes this film just such a brilliant film. He's one of the best directors working right now. Um and you know, whenever his film comes out in the year, I always put it in my number one list for that year. Like this was my best film, my favourite film of the year it came out. I believe it came out in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. Um and uh yeah. You're right, Herbie. Paul Dano is absolutely incredible, and everybody is. Even Melissa Leo, who she is so good in this film, um, and yeah, it does it asks a lot of questions. Like I said, it was you know how far is too far? You know, when your own daughter is involved, what do you you know how what do you do to get her back? You know, and um, the sort of the sort of um, sort of themes hitting on sort of like torture and things like that. You know, is it ever is it ever um, is it ever correct to use it? You know. Um, we hear it all the time with like the military and stuff like that. Is it ever correct to to torture people? Do you ever get you know something credible out of it? Um, mm. And yeah, it's just, it is, it is, it'll keep you on edge. And I think, Herbie, I think uh, Netflix has a um, house party feature so we could all watch it at the same time. I think this would be great to watch it with Craig and David at the same time uh, using house mm. party to get their reactions throughout the film. I think that'd be pretty cool.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd be well up for that, ranch. Yeah, yeah, same I think, here. I think
1: we definitely should organise that. Um, I really want to hear your reactions to this film. Um And yeah, definitely check it out on Netflix while it's on there.
3: Well, why don't we do an Is It Worth It? watch party. And most of our audience members who are listening can probably join us on that as well. What do you think, guys? Sounds great.
0: Yeah. Sounds, sounds like, like a, a good it. plan. I've got to say, the film sounds brilliant. I'm sold on the cast alone. <laughs> um, It just sounds great. Great. <laughs>
2: for our final part of the show we'd also like to briefly introduce a film brand new to home release and they are all available via digital download or dvd and blu-ray releases craig if you'd
3: like to go first so my film that i'd like to suggest that you purchase um is 1917 this is uh, been nominated for 10 Oscars, including Best Picture, which it lost out against uh, Parasite 2. Um, I love this movie. It was a really, really great story. It was shot beautifully. Um, and it was just a cinematic masterpiece. And I think this is certainly one that you should be downloading if you didn't get to see it in the cinema. Um, but if you can, if you've got a Blu-ray player, get it on Blu-ray. Um, because it would just be spectacular on a great surround sound um, and, and t- a big TV, basically. If you don't have that, you might not get the same setup, but it is just a great, great film.
1: So my selection is Knives Out, uh, which came out around November last year. Uh, this is actually... Uh, directed by ryan johnson it was nominated for best original screenplay and it is a brilliant whodunit film it has a great ensemble cast you've got daniel craig chris evans anna Dramas, michael shannon jamie lee curtis Um uh, it will keep you guessing throughout it's a great film to watch uh, with the family i think um not with young kids but um yeah like i said it'll keep you guessing it's really intriguing really well shot um daniel craig is so good in this film with his weird Southern accent. Um, And, yeah, absolutely brilliant film.
2: The film that I would like to recommend is Jojo Rabbit, which came out only a few days ago for home release, Uh, directed by Taika Waititi, who I just think is absolutely fantastic. Every single film I've seen by him has just blown me away. It was nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture, and actually won for Best Adapted Screenplay. And I think this film is just wonderful. It's so warm and it's so funny. And it's so well contrasted with the truly horrifying themes that it's tackling as well. And it's so hard to write a film which balances that humour and that tragedy, and it does it so perfectly, I think. And it's just such a wonderful exploration of relationships between a mother and a son and two people who have no right to know each other, getting to know each other, and I think it's it's just such a wonderful film, and it really is worth checking out because I absolutely adored it
0: brilliant uh, the film that I would like to recommend is the gentleman gets a great seventy five percent from the critics and an eighty four percent score from the audience on Rotten Tomatoes, it has superb direction from Guy Ritchie and it also has a stellar cast including Matthew McConaughey, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell and a great great performance um, by Hugh Grant just to name a few, it's well paced, it's action packed, it's very funny, it really is a total blast, I can't recommend this film enough, go out and buy it as soon as you can.
2: right so that leads us into the end of our show thank you very much for listening to episode five of cinema at home we hope that streaming services continue to add a variety of films to their catalogue for us all to enjoy during these troubled times it's really nice to have so much diversity in the films that we can watch and review for you at home
1: As always, we'd like you to get in contact with us and the best way of doing this are via Facebook, Twitter and Instagram or drop us an email at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com.
3: If you've enjoyed today's show, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? Or if you've enjoyed the content we've been putting out over the last few months and want to help us to continue to grow, join us on Patreon. Lockdown has slowed some of the progress we were making, but thanks to our Patreon supporters, we've been able to keep on going. So thank you guys so, so much.
0: It also gives us great pleasure to announce that next week we will be bringing you a four part series for Mental Health Awareness Week. Mental Health Awareness Week is from the 18th to the 25th of May. Episode 1 is with Herbie and is looking at university and loneliness. Episode 2 is with Ian and he discusses technology and mental health. Episode 3 is with Craig and he talks about physical illness and mental health. And finally, episode 4 is with myself and I'll be discussing living with a mental illness. We also each pick one film of our choice and relate that to our mental health topic. So, all that's left to say is stay safe and goodbye from me. And from me. And from me. Goodbye, everyone.
3: And goodbye from me. Stay safe, keep well, and keep listening.
2: Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Should we do that in a bit again? I panicked and I froze that's all right. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought we were all going to say goodbye then and then I was like oh wait that's me yeah. so like, oh, my like,
0: maybe you should maybe you should keep that in quite it's quite a good ending <laughs>